we start off with a uh, great guest, a guy that's been a friend of mine and over the years, Bernie, too, on this show quite a bit, and that is Judge Andrew Napolitano. Lots of legal issues surrounding Election Day two years ago. So here he is, two days ago, I should say, back on the morning show with me, Sid, Judge Napolitano. Judge, how are you, pal? Oh, I'm fine, my dear friend. Good morning. Uh, still missing Bernie. I, I know you hear this from a lot of people. Yep. My my years with him at uh, at Fox were very happy years. You know, he protected me from uh, the <laughs> I Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was his job. It's funny, no matter who comes on, whether it's Phil Sims or Jim Nance or you or a bevy of politicians, they all said the same thing. Bernie would call him and go, "Here's his mood today. Never good." But on certain days, worse than others. <laughs> that would... Exactly. <laughs> Here's the buttons you don't want to press. <laughs> right. No, he was good. Bernie was great with that. So I miss him, too. But uh, we, have, um, we have to move on. The show goes on. You know yes, how that goes. Yes, of course. And thank God the show is doing great when we have people like yes. you stopping by. Well, you're, very, you're very popular. Said. Thank you're you. Very, very popular in the New York City area. And I'm very happy for you. And I'm honored to play just a tiny little part with these times when you have me on. It's, oh, a, it's thank a joy. You. Thank you. I, I have good friends with all those people whose names you just listed, from Curtis to would-be Governor Lee Zeldin. How I wish how I wish he had made it. And yeah. I, I thought until early in the morning that he had it. But yeah. we have a monstrous uh, on our hands <laughs> whose, whose attitude about the right to keep and bear arms is I'm going to frustrate the Supreme Court. Yeah. And uh, she's lost two major uh, lawsuits, two major challenges to her efforts to stop people from carrying, uh, legally carrying guns already. She's going to lose a lot more. You know, talking about um, Zeldin and uh, Hochul, there seems to be a variety of opinions uh, as to why he lost. Uh, I am absolutely confident he lost because she's a Democrat in a state that's two to one. That's the bottom line. People say he should have mentioned abortion earlier. He should never have talked to Donald Trump. All these things to me are all excuses in a city and a state where it's almost impossible at this point for a Republican to win. Do you have any real opinion as to why he did lose? Well, I I wish that uh, the former president had not endorsed him. And I know there were people in uh, uh, Congressman Zeldin's camp who did not want that endorsement. And, of course, we know that uh, the governor's people made hay out of that. Hey, this is a Donald Trump accolade. Look, I know Congressman Zeldin well. I've interviewed him many times uh, when I was at Fox. Um, he He's from the George Pataki mold. He is a, a moderate Republican that uh, New York has proudly uh, produced. Uh, But this is not the George Pataki era. This is a very, very bitter, contentious era. And to get Democrats to vote for a Republican, you know, if you did a blind test, if you didn't say who they were voting for, and you just listed character, personality, background, um, uh, positions on the views, a lot more people would vote for him. But I agree with you, just because of that letter R is after his name or in the R column, uh, people in New York can't bring themselves to do that. You just can't. So I've got a really good friend, Judge Napolitano, running for assembly. He's still running because it's not over yet. In Queens, his name is Thomas Sullivan. This guy, Judge, actually fought in Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan, happened to be at the World Trade Center on 9-11 and literally carried bodies, surviving people. Oh, my out God. Of the, yeah, yeah, this guy, I mean, when you talk about a movie material, this guy's a real hero. So he's running for assembly in Queens, right. and they've got about 98% of the votes in, and he's up about 250 votes. It's that close. 
And all of a sudden, they shut it down. And now, he told me last night, he may not find out until next Tuesday whether he wins or not. And he joked around and he said, well, I guess they're going to spend the next five days trying to find 300 votes. He laughed about it, but he was actually upset about it. What about that type of stuff after Election Day? He should he should uh, bring an action uh, in New York State Supreme Court uh, and ask for a court-appointed monitor. I mean, these, the, the, the process of counting votes is a governmental function. And like nearly everything the government does, I'm not talking about um, national security secrets, I'm not talking about a judge in her chambers, but nearly everything the government does is open to transparency. So the the court should appoint a monitor uh, for uh, potential Assemblyman uh, Sullivan so that the monitor can see what these people are doing. They can't go behind closed doors and suddenly start (laughs) stuffing the ballot box. uh, And if he has reason to believe that beyond just a general fear that they did it in the past, they might do it again, he's got to present those reasons to a judge, and they have to do it today. They have to do it right away. I totally agree. Sometimes people come into court, and I'm saying it's too little and too late. You should have come here last week. Yeah. So they have to file that as soon as they have the suspicion. I think he. I think he is doing that. Uh, So uh, once again, you're right on the money. It's a real uh, election board. Then there are Republicans on it. uh, Assuming um, Thomas is a Republican. Uh, then there are Republicans on it as well as Democrats. So as lawyers have to interview these Republicans. What are the Democrats doing? What is the chair doing? Why did they close it down? Why is it suddenly uh, behind closed doors? This is a governmental function. Under the law, the people are allowed to observe it. He is a Republican, by the way. You nailed that, too. Uh, so it was only about... Well, yeah, of course. Having this issue. Exactly right. So it was it's only about. You know, and we shouldn't laugh at it because <laughs> I know. it undermines yep. democracy yep. when yep. these things happen. And there was a genuine fear from people on Tuesday. It was only about three hours in, Judge, to Election Day. My buddy Harry Mays in Philadelphia. Oh, my God, here we go again. The machines aren't working in Pennsylvania. The machines aren't working in Arizona. I mean, you would think at this point, honestly, you come in with voter ID. You, you vote, and it's really that simple. The fact that we're relying on some of this outdated machinery is really a joke in itself. But the fear on Tuesday, Judge, from people around this country that there was going to be some type of fix in on both sides, on both sides, is something really we can do without. We certainly can do without. Now, look, if these problems occurred, we know what happened in uh, Maricopa County, uh, Arizona, where the machines didn't work for three hours, and then they suddenly worked, and they asked the, the judge, said, I'm not going to extend the voting time because I can't. Under Arizona law, I'm not, not allowed to do it. It's very frustrating. I have sat on election day on election matters, and some election days, nobody bothers you. Other election days, uh, you expect to be in your chambers working, doing paperwork. Other election days, I'm on the bench all day, and they're just marching right in. But the laws that the politicians have written uh, to protect themselves are very, very strict. It's a very, very narrow area uh, under which a judge can extend uh, the voting um, hours to to keep the polls uh, open. But the fact that we all now expect these problems, and when they come, we're not surprised and not shocked anymore, is very, very uh, telling. I don't know what happened in Philly uh, obviously, I wish there were a different outcome uh, in Pennsylvania. I don't believe that uh, Fetterman and Shapiro won by chicanery. I think they just ran 
better campaigns, and they had that Democratic base right. that we talked about right. uh, in New York. Um, you're going to get problems in every election, and Rudy knows this. You can ask him uh, about it, uh, Mayor Giuliani. The, the law says you are entitled to a fair outcome, not a perfect outcome. <laughs> and that's really what's in the judicial mind. That's what's in my mind as I'm sitting on the bench and people are coming in or uh, poll workers are coming in and telling me what's happening. Not perfect, but fair and a just outcome so that the winner really won. And, and if there's you know five votes that are fraudulent, but he won by 500 votes, you don't care. You're not going to go through that. If there's five votes that are fraudulent, you won by four votes, then you have to have a trial right, and find right, out what happened. Right. You know, going back to Fetterman in Pennsylvania, I guess he filed a lawsuit. You would know this better than me. A couple of days ago, because ballots with wrong dates were rejected. I don't know what happened there, but do you believe at least that people should be able to re-vote if, in fact, those ballots were rejected? Yes. I think the poll workers should say, look, you forgot to put the date on it. You want this vote to count? Put the proper date on it. Um, and that's what the Supreme Court of the United States said. But this, this is a very interesting case, Said I'm glad you raised it. But the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania said a different thing. So when this issue was for, before the United States Supreme Court last year, the U.S. Supreme Court said, as long as the polls haven't closed, if there's a problem with the envelope, the person should be allowed take back the ballot and vote again. So they're only going to count the, the new ballot. You should, the, the poll worker should say to them, you wrote the wrong date. Today's Tuesday. It's not Wednesday, <laughs> whatever. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, when it looked at this issue, said, no, 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 you only get one shot. If you write the wrong date, in, forget it. It's like you're waiving your right to vote. So when Fetterman uh, learned that people had written the wrong date, his lawyers sued not in state court, in federal court, where the federal uh, district court judge would be bound by what the U- U.S. Supreme Court uh, had decided. Guess what? They never ruled on it because mm-hmm. Fetterman won by significantly more. Again, I'm talking about a fair outcome, not a perfect outcome. Fetterman won by more votes over Dr. Oz than the number that were in dispute. So the issue the issue was moot. Right, one more question for you. These observers at these uh, ballot centers, you know, they um, they do get intimidated. I actually saw a story on CBS a couple of nights ago with a couple of folks in states wearing bulletproof vests. They were so nervous about oh what may, I know, ridiculous, ridiculous. But on the other, on the other hand, uh, they are the ones sometimes who could intimidate potential voters. I know that's yes. another thing judges are looking at. Yes? Yes. So you have... As a, as, a, as a person, you have the right to observe the voting process, but you can't intimidate. Now, there's a fine line between observing and intimidating. If five guys show up in guns and bulletproof vests in a rural county in Arizona, and they're staring at you as you're bringing your ballot in, that's kind of intimidating. It's even to me. That doesn't bother me. I would find that uh, intimidating. But if if two or three observers, one Republican, one Democrat, maybe two Republicans, one Democrat, whatever, are observing just to make sure things are going well, I expect that and I want it. I don't want either party to dominate uh, to the exclusion of the other party, the voting or the polling process. I want it to be fair. So sometimes judges have to hold trials. Was this a genuine observation, or was it an effort to intimidate uh, people so that they would they would go home? It's it's a very very tough call 
to make. I never had to make that call because when I was on the bench, this voter intimidation was not was unheard of. Right. Absolutely unheard of. Right, right. But, but today, um, Sid, we talk about it as if it's commonplace. Yep, you're right. Hey, listen, this was such a great and interesting conversation. All I can ask for is to please come back more often. I love when you're here, Judge, so thank you so much. Sid, I'd love to be on with you. I want you to promise to say hello to all those names that you just mentioned. They're all friends of mine. I, mine I've worked with each of them, and I miss them all. Even O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> you have my promise. I'll tell them all, okay, buddy? Yes. Thank you so much. This was a all great appearance. All right, thank you. What a tremendous job there by Judge Napolitano. Great having him on.